Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. If you want to know where the future of B2B lead generation is headed and what metrics are becoming most important, start paying attention to conversations. Getting prospects engaged in a conversation is becoming increasingly important. Your ability to use the different tools at your disposal to generate conversations with prospects will determine the number of opportunities you're able to generate. You have to figure out not only what to say to prospects, but how to find prospects who are more likely to respond to your outreach. Then after that, you have to figure out how to elegantly turn your discussion into a sales conversation. So what's the best way to do this? Well, my guest in this episode is doing some incredibly cool things using LinkedIn and automation to generate conversations at scale. He's developed a method for finding prospects who are more likely to be interested in what you have to offer and messaging principles for how to engage people in a non-spammy way. During this interview, we go over a few different examples. This will be more of a free-flowing conversation as opposed to other episodes. Of course, we'll go under the hood and check out real numbers and real results. And by the end of this episode, you'll know how to find great prospects and get their attention using LinkedIn. I'll see you on the other side. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome Welcome to to Outbound Outbound Metrics. David Hurley is the co-founder and CTO of Conversify, a software tool that helps skyrocket your productivity, book more meetings, and crush your sales targets using LinkedIn. David, are you ready to dive in? I am. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy to have you here. How does your software get results? Well, there's a few products on the market, but we make it really easy for you to set up a sequence of messages that you want to send to your ideal customer, ideal prospect on LinkedIn. Uh, we like to think we make it a lot easier for you to do that and pricing, you can't beat it. So it's a really compelling uh, competitive market product in the market right now. Awesome. And what would you say, like, what makes you unique among the other kind of similar softwares on the market? I would say our integrations. We started with a LinkedIn sales navigator integration. So we looked at how reps, founders were, were using their tool stacks. And we said, instead of using this isolated thing, 
you know, you're using all these tools, let's just work with all of them and then supply LinkedIn as a channel. So your data might be in Salesforce. Okay, let's create LinkedIn campaigns out of that. Maybe it's outreach. Let's create campaigns out of that. Or maybe you were nice. building lists in SalesNav. Um, let's take that data and turn them into sequences. And if you get the messaging right, let's turn that into money. Nice. And uh, your pricing model, how's that structured? We used to do this really weird thing where we price by contact and then do a monthly subscription based on early feedback. And honestly, just us having to explain our pricing model, we keep it really simple. It's $30 a month per account you add. Uh, That also makes us a little bit different in the market where one user can manage multiple accounts in one web interface, which is pretty compelling. So we like to work with people that are managing multiple LinkedIn accounts at at once. So it could be a sales ops guy, could be a growth marketer, could be an, an agency that, that wants to manage some of their clients' LinkedIn accounts. We have a, a few sets of specific use cases, but fundamentally it all comes back to that use case, one person managing multiple LinkedIn accounts in one spot. Awesome. Love that. And uh, your ideal customer, what does that person look like? So outside of the growth marketer, say sales, not even a sales leader, but I'd say more of a sales op person, um, someone who has maybe tried other LinkedIn automation tools in the market. They may be running an, like an agency or they may be managing multiple LinkedIn accounts from one place. We found this niche where our tool has, has many, has a bunch of advantages over other tools in the market just because of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need integrations as well, your CRM, outbound tools. So for us, I would say work with a bunch of growth marketers. I think that's just because of my background. And I, and I've ended up meeting a lot and I would say uh, sales ops would probably be our second sort of defined persona. Gotcha. So people who are deep into sales development, managing multiple accounts and know yeah. the value of keeping it organized and streamlined. Like a, like a sales rep isn't going to set everything up. We do have sales reps that do that by the way, mm-hmm. but on a sort of, and not a big sales team's, we just send up fresh books and even that's a lot to get them all set up. Sure. Our sort of sweet spot right now is anywhere between three and six sales reps. Um, and one guy is usually in charge of getting their data, making sure they have contact lists, making sure they have email sequences going out. And we go to those people and say, you might as well add LinkedIn as a channel. And that seems to work out really well because they can set up everything really quickly in terms of the MRR it makes us, it makes that deal worthwhile for us and it helps, you know, raise their bottom line. So it, that's ideal for us right now. Just went all around. Yeah. <laughs> the examples we're talking about today or the example, can you give us some background on like industry? I'm going to give you one that started Conversify. So I worked as a growth consultant nice. all last year. Near the end of the last year, I was working for a company called Voiceflow. Uh, they make voice apps does it make sense to share my screen or I guess I can just tell you overall results. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a podcast, right? (laughs) Well, it'll be on YouTube too eventually, but yeah, we can just talk through it and then um, I'll talk through it and then maybe show it after. But, and this is what actually led me to productize because I had always, I'd always been building these funnels on LinkedIn. There's a lot of hype around it, but it's very hard to get Mm -hmm. like an actual campaign that that has a positive ROI. And your messaging needs to be on point. 
one of the things I figured out was on LinkedIn is just a, you need that reason to reach out. So why am I reaching out to you on LinkedIn? It needs to be more than, hey, I came across your profile or, hey, I think we should connect because you're this title. I was doing work for this, this company called VoiceFlow. They target developers, heads of technology, and anyone that's dealing in conversational AI that wants to design conversations. It's very like niche product, but they're doing really, really well. So they need to get in front of a lot of developers, technical people that would get value from their tool. I scraped a list of about 800 people of dev, dev post um, that were in an Alexa challenge and, and their tool, you can build skills for Alexa. And then I reached out to all of them and said, Hey, I noticed you were on this hackathon. Did you end up submitting a project? And I got a bunch of replies, people talking to me. I ended up generating close to, a, a, it was a 70% reply rate, which is just wow. insane. And that was on the one, one campaign. I'm chair picking that one idea and I can, I can show you the results just to prove it. But what it showed was people are, yeah, they're down to reply and have conversations. If it's, if the ad or the outreach was essentially about them, I want to figure out something about you. Oh, what did, what project did you submit? A bunch of people replied and then they ended up booking meetings with the head of innovation at uh, Wells Fargo and one of the top conversational design people at um, Citibank. And that ended up being good business for them. But ultimately what it came back down to was we didn't plan that out ahead of time. We said, let's just get this product in front of this market in this very unique way uh, using LinkedIn and this kind of scrape strategy. And it ended up working out really well. So, that, and then awesome. I said, okay, can I productize that knowledge and approach? So there we just were continuing to try and automate the execution of a campaign like that. So we'll give people suggestions on their templates. We'll give, and then basically through the technology, show people how to set up their first LinkedIn campaign with ease, make it really easy for them. We still have a lot of work to do for like to, to really, I think, get the most out of it. But for the customers we have now, it's everyone seems to be, you know, liking where we're at. Awesome. A ton of good stuff in there. So VoiceFlow, to recap, there's VoiceFlow, a conversational design company. So you're, work, you're looking to target developers. And you specifically found this lead pool of developers who are in a Alexa challenge on dev post, you said. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. And they all have their LinkedIn URL on the page. You can submit your LinkedIn URL when you sign up for this site. So on that site, in theory, you could be scraping all the developers off that site. And if your audience is a developer or someone that's really technical, it's a great way to get in front of them. And the key is not me saying, hey, I have this tool, VoiceFlow, it has all these features. It's really good. That may not have got their attention. The key is that the ad was about them. That initial ad reach was just like, what did you submit? So tell me something about yourself. And people love saying, oh yeah, I had this. So we had a bunch of conversations, discovered a lot of really cool stuff about the developer community there. Mm -hmm. And then indirectly booked these pretty fantastic meetings. And that was indirectly. Like Some of the stuff you can't really plan, but so conversify it's it's really about conversations it's like mm-hmm. how do you start as many conversations as possible and then manage them right in your ideal market that's kind of the abstract pursuit of the business but anytime you're able to concretely do that have a bunch of conversations in your ideal audience indirectly you're, you're going to derive some business out of it if you're doing it appropriately um and not being salesy mm-hmm. that's what i've learned over you know the many campaigns i've run 
Absolutely. How, how did you find out about DevPost? Was that just something you knew about? Yeah. Yeah. I've been de- developing for a long time okay. um, and I've never actually done a hackathon on DevPost. It's like a well-known hackathon platform. And then really it was a problem of like, where is this audience right now? And for developers, there's a few different like GitHub there's, and then, and then I said, well, Dev post is really interesting because that's actively they're they're submitting something. So right. that could be a variable in an outbound campaign. So it's kind of like I got kind of lucky there. It was basically through experiment uh, experience. I could tie, I could basically say, like, oh, there's the audience. I could probably get their LinkedIn and then use that as a variable to reach out to them because I had some outbound experience in the past as well. Yeah. So. And this is also an audience that is obviously highly engaged in what they're doing. I mean, this isn't part of their regular job, right? This is something they're doing on the side. So they're obviously, they're more likely to be into what you have. Yes. Yes. For sure. And they are, anytime you're reaching out to someone and asking them about something they're doing, it's the engagement rates go through the roof. That's where you get those double digit reply rates. Anytime it's generic, like, Hey, I have this service, even no matter how great it is, the ads about you, because you're trying to sell yourself. You can figure out a way to like make it about them. It's the the results are always that much better. Another time I've seen it work in the wild is reaching out to you can scrape Facebook ads library mm. and then reach out to those people. It's usually D 2 C brands who who derive a lot of their business off of Facebook ads, and then say basically say like, hey, I saw your ad. I was wondering how well it's performing. Um, I've seen that work a bunch for. Uh, a friend of mine who works at ClearBank, he like they get a lot of business using that strategy. It's the same, same mindset though. It's like mm-hmm. let me reach out to you with something you've done and and like comment on it, and then indirectly, you know, get in front of you, start that conversation. Do you like insert the image into your outreach? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I personally didn't run that campaign. Um, that was a good friend of mine, but that's, that's how he's driving a lot of, a, a big chunk of their business at ClearBank. Very similar strategy. Um, very cool as well. So I don't know how that can scale to other companies, but when you do find it where you can call someone's content out in a very programmatic way, obviously, mm-hmm. and personalize it at that level. Personalization as a trend right now is, I think is obviously huge, but sure. if that data point is about them, obviously it's, it's a good one. More relevant. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Just a quick side question on that. Do you, I know that you're not doing that campaign with the scraping Facebook ads library, but do you have a tool that you use for dynamic insertion of images, anything like that? Um, honestly, I spend all my time on LinkedIn these days, uh, either running my own campaigns or helping clients run their campaigns. And we don't do a lot of images on LinkedIn. We barely do links. Anytime I've done links on LinkedIn, it hasn't been that successful. Everyone wants to put their meeting link, but very rarely have I seen a campaign really work well with, with, someone's, with, with someone offering up a meeting link and then booking a bunch of meetings on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ideal, right? Everyone wants that. Right, <laughs> Just right. message 100 people, get 10 of those people to sign up on your Calendly and then sell them all. And I think a lot of people pitch that. In reality, if you're in it day to day, I rarely see campaigns that, that are that successful. With the dev post example of that campaign, so you're sending that initial message asking that person something about them. What did you submit to the challenge? What does that conversation look like after that to like finally get that person to a phone call? 
it's either it's one of two things either no i haven't submitted yet and then it was like oh so do you need to save some time while submitting a project you could take a look at voice flow mm. or it's yeah i have submitted oh did you end up building that with voice flow <laughs> it always comes back to one of those two things and then either they know about voice flow and they haven't used it or they know about voice flow and have used it there's only so many ways that conversation goes but it always comes back to voice flow and that is the ad but in my, uh, so the exact message was, I noticed you're a participant in the Alexa skills challenge on dev post. Did you end up submitting a project? That's the connection request. Mm -hmm. If they connected, didn't reply, I'd waited day and then said, thanks for connecting. Do you have any ex previous experience building Alexa skills? Wait two days, reply. I only asked because I'm trying to find the best Alexa skills right now. Do you recommend any I should try out? And all of that has nothing to do with voice flow, even though it's on my profile at the time. And then no matter what they say, I gave you a few of those example replies. It would always come back to voice flow. And then they would discover, oh, it's either a tool I've never seen before. They had a bunch of signups. They just, you build a bunch of hype that way. Cool. Did they, you were selling voice flow. Did people have to hop on the phone or did they just sign up? Uh, most of them just signed up for the bigger calls, the enterprise calls. The CEO took them, <laughs> like Citibank and... Sure. And Argo, yeah, the, C the CEO takes them at that point. Sure. Okay, cool. I like and that. It's not, and what's interesting about that model, it's probably a little different than in, I don't think it would be like a, a long-term viable growth channel for them, mainly because they don't have a sales team. It's not like a traditional sales organization. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a little different, but you know what? Thinking back, you could be if they had the sales infrastructure. I believe. Right. Something to handle those handling this um yeah anyone so. it's actually very easy to start conversations on linkedin but to have a sales process to back it mm. and then take those conversations and then and then have a positive roi is, is a whole different beast sure 70 percent reply rate interested to know if you have uh, additional metrics on that too so on that i'll even share my screen just because it is sure. me too it was a 30 percent positive reply rate so people that were genuinely interested and you can see some of the comparable campaigns as well. I'll, just show, I'll show you the uh, Conversify dashboard. Cool. And the thing about this one is I launched it right probably a week after or two weeks after the campaign or the uh, ch hackathon was on. So it was in the minds of everyone. Mm -hmm. The other campaigns you'll notice I launched the month later. I still get good traction, but definitely not as good as the first. So here it is. This is the first campaign. I launched it on the end of last year, November 19th. And that's that positive reply rate. You can see it decreases significantly the more in future in the future I go. Well, not mm -hmm. significantly. These are still pretty outstanding numbers for any campaign I would run today. Mm -hmm. But this first one, that was when I was like, holy shit, this is more than just me being a consultant and just doing this for companies. Like I might be able to productize it. That's sure. when I got really excited and it definitely, the interface did not look like this either, but <laughs> over time it's gotten a bit better. And then that was, this is the messaging associated with it. Okay. And again, what's nice about this is I didn't use crazy personalization. Right. Which for, everyone, a lot of people just do personalization for the sake of it. But sometimes it's, as long as you get your reason to reach out and you personalize just a bit, I think that's all you need. 
For sure. And for people who are listening on the podcast, David has several different campaigns up with metrics here. Um, this one that he went over before. And then the messaging he just showed was exactly what he had just mentioned a little bit ago about those few messages that he was sending. But yeah, very conversational, getting people to talk about themselves, really optimizing for engagement, it looks like, and then just weaving in, in this example, voice flow into the conversation so that it, you get it in front of people. Exactly. And then that would be my, if I could tell anyone this, don't ever try and sell on the connection request or even the follow-up message. <laughs> try and just pitch having a conversation. And it's usually has to be about the person. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to get really creative for good campaigns. Uh, that's not to say you can't have generic ones that get, you know, you know, your 1% reply rate. I think that's what a lot of people do, which is fine. But if you really want to make that like a positive ROI channel, I would suggest just trying to just get a conversation going sure. and then steer that towards some sort of business result and, and in an authentic way. If you're trying to just trick people or stuff, I think more than now than ever, people can see through it. And if you just say, here's my calendar link, you know, book a sales call. I, I, the more I've gotten into this, the more I just know it doesn't work. Yep. Agreed. Awesome. I think you have another example too, correct? I could show, I got a library of examples. This is all the back end of Conversify. This booked her a couple meetings. Um, She got a couple clients out of this. So so the odd time I'll actually take a a user from Conversify if they're having really problems with their messaging. I'll Mm -hmm. sit down with them and it's more of a service at that point where we charge for messaging and who they're going after. With her, I noticed she had, she had some breweries online. I felt like she does an automated online trademarking service. Okay. So if you're a game developer and you have a bunch of games, like probably you need some sort of like infrastructure for trademarking all those games. Same with breweries. Anytime you're coming up, you're, you're housing a lot of brands under one roof. Mm-hmm. We went after breweries with a very direct connection request. I'm, I'm ready to introduce you our new online trademark registration platform that helps breweries trademark their brands quickly and much more affordably. Let me know if you want to hear more about it. Very direct pitch. Mm-hmm. It's not about the user. It's going against everything I just mentioned. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but it calls out breweries. I'm reaching out to you sure. with a very unique offer, this new right. online trademark thing. So it's, I think a lot, there's a lot of curiosity around that. I think that's why, I went ahead with something so direct because it's just, it's such a unique offer. She's a very lawyer. Specific. Very okay. specific. It's a very specific solution for a very specific problem. These breweries would, would have. And you picked brewer or she picked breweries stuff to say breweries because yeah. just naturally a brewery would have several different beers underneath it. Like just yep. gotcha. Okay. It's also something too, where, these people aren't getting probably got getting pitched for a lot of things on LinkedIn, but they're probably sure. on LinkedIn. There's a couple of things in the background where I think this works. And then the follow-up, and I like to do this a lot when I help people write their copy. In the follow-up, I was, I'm like, I tell people to get really personal mm-hmm. about a problem they've solved in the past. So she gets into, a, into this thing. I've done trademark work for these three companies and it's this experience that's helped me understand the nuances and complexity of intellectual property for breweries. Taking a process that's traditionally taken weeks and costs thousands and transformed into a process that takes days and costs hundreds. So she says, listen, I've worked with a bunch of breweries. I understand the nuances and complexity around IP. 
specifically for your industry. You know, mm-hmm. how many other IP lawyers are reaching out to breweries and saying this? Yeah. Probably zero. And it gets them off guard. And then there's people that end up getting into, he's having a conversation right now about all the different patents and stuff for his stuff. Mm-hmm. Ends up getting, send me your email and introduce you. Someone else who's interested. Here's my cell, phone me. <laughs> sure. And they end up talking. So she can see all the conversations he's having, right? Right. Um, emails. She ended up having so much traction. She created a special link called, I don't think she should have called it light touch in the URL, but you can tell what she's doing now from a marketing point of view. She's just saying, here's a link, go sign up. Mm -hmm. She ended up getting two clients that way, which is worth hundreds to her, but she reached out to 146 breweries, Mm -hmm. started 16 conversations. So what's that, you know, close to 10% and then two clients out of it. Like, so now we're going to reach out to every brewery in North America with a very similar pitch. Gotcha. So that's over a thousand. So she can get for 30 bucks a month. She's laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you chose that direct approach because it's very specific, very niche and a clear, clear value prop in terms of the cost savings. Hey, months and thousands to, or weeks and thousands turn into yeah. days and hundreds. Another one here, this one I had nothing to do with, but I know Bill, and he's reaching out to hire VAs in Pakistan. And who, and uh, what is his business? <laughs> he does a, it's a growth marketing agency, but I think his business business, like he makes a lot of money hiring uh, outsourcing talent and then hooking teams up with low cost workers. Gotcha. Um, so he has these campaigns on LinkedIn where he reaches out to people. It looks like in this campaign, Pakistan, and then he'll hook up North American companies that need virtual assistant help. Okay. And he just connects the dots. Which is actually popular business these days. Uh, not one I'm into or know like know much about, but I've had a few users come through Conversify with campaigns like that. Sure, awesome. So for your, these LinkedIn best practices you have with the campaigns you mentioned, um, you know, follow a, a similar theme, right? They yeah. are either you know about the person or they're more direct, but they're all starting a conversation, um, yes. value focused with even the follow-ups are just all around, you know, getting a conversation started. Yeah. And I think why the other one worked is because it's still, there's that, if I get one core lesson is have a reason to reach out. So in the law example, the reason she reached out is because they're a brewery. It's very like, it's very niche. It's very mm-hmm. like, I have this thing and, and I have a very unique way of solving your a problem you probably have. The other one was I'm reaching out to you because you submitted this thing on a hackathon. Um, I've had another campaign where I reached out to investors on AngelList and then say, hey, I saw you invested in this this company. Mm-hmm. Um, investors on LinkedIn in, in terms of that pitch wasn't that active, but it's still around you know 5% reply rate. But it's again, it's about them. And I would say, hey, why did you invest in that company? <laughs> so it's about them. I'm calling, I'm using another data source to say like, I saw you invested in this company. Why did you invest in them? Just kind of cool too. Yeah. So that's another. Yeah. All those examples. It's usually about the person, and you're calling out why you're reaching out to them. Got it. And another one, one of my better ones, probably last year, uh, was before I had this app. I w- that's when I would just run my own campaigns. I had a bunch of scripts that would automate my LinkedIn account. Mm-hmm. I ran probably to a hundred sales leaders 
in Toronto and said, Hey, I'm working on this LinkedIn software. Uh, no, no. Hey, this may sound random, but do you golf? And I had a bunch of people get back to me with like LOLs. Actually, I might be able to actually show you one. And then I ended up booking a few golf games and got one client out of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> for the ROI, it makes a lot of sense. And I was hosting golf games. What I figured out there is even the people that didn't have time to golf, they would still get back and be like, okay, I still want to hear like what you're doing. Uh, but that was a fun one. But this is a really good punchline. If I ever figure out his name, he's going to hate me if he ever hears this. <laughs> so he's VP of sales, senior sales coach. And um, he's an advisor now to us. But this is how I met him on a LinkedIn outreach campaign. And this was last summer. And I said, hey, Brandon, this may sound random, but I'll ask anyway, do you golf? <laughs> this is like, and he goes, LOL, yes. Good to hear. Uh, the reason I asked him offering up around in, in exchange for the app I'm building. And this was the app. And uh, he goes, happy to talk, but keep the golf. Send me your email. He ended up referring me to a program called Next AI, Next Canada. That, that's the program we're in now. All from that conversation, randomly. So yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. So that was more of like a networking campaign you were doing? It was networking, but it was also like I was trying to sell these. I was trying to do some market research on like how are modern, bigger sales teams approaching LinkedIn? Is there an enterprise LinkedIn solution out there? That's kind of the one we're solving now. I have a lot of like smaller teams using it now, a lot of individuals, but we've signed up fresh books. We're starting to sign up these like enterprise-esque sales teams. Mm-hmm. That's where we've always wanted to go, but it takes a lot of like tech infrastructure to get there. Sure. Just to kind of at a high level recap, I just want to walk through like what goes through your head when you're setting up a campaign or when someone says like one of your customers says, hey, I need help or what are you at a high level for people listening that there's something like if they want to piece it together and implement it, what would you say are like the big steps that you follow? There's a few important things, but I think the one is, is finding the right data. Um, Is there a third party data source? Like is there a directory I can reference or a, some sort of third party thing I can pull data from either scraping or like dev post I mentioned, or angel list is a good one. Creating a really good list and then having data points I can personalize the text with. Um, if they don't have those things, I think figuring out a way to get someone's attention and it can't be, Hey, I came across your profile. And again, I'm, I'm speaking to LinkedIn cause that's like the world I'm living in now. Mm-hmm. Figuring out a way to get someone's attention, making the messaging about them and then piquing their curiosity around how you're solving the problem. So I, I said a lot there, but it comes down to just non-salesy conversation starters that get people's interest. Even the golf one is another good one. It makes people really curious. They start a conversation with you and then you take the conversation from there and work it into a meeting. Got it. Love that. Human approach at scale. I think that's where sales is going, honestly, with a lot of this. Like it's so, I think we're going from a place where it's very formal, very rigid to it's almost more like it'll be a lot less, a lot less like traditional outbound email and more like Tinder. I think sales in the future, it'd be very like, very like very conversational and then very transparent, like very back and forth with information. Mm. I think that's where it's going. I think the future is a lot more conversational than what it is now. Awesome. Love it. That sounds very interesting. 
David, pleasure to have you on. Pleasure to talk to you. If anyone's interested in checking out Conversify, signing up, please head over to conversify.ai. That's right. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, David. Cheers. I had a really good time chatting with David. He has a simple yet effective approach to generating leads at scale, and it works. Look, if you have a question about this episode, ideas on what could be better, even a suggestion on what I should talk about next, please send me an email, morgan at morgandwilliams.com. That's M-O-R-G-A-N at M-O-R-G-A-N-D as in David, williams.com. Thanks for listening.